Hey there, welcome. You are listening to episode 38 of the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley, and if you're new around here, I'm your host on the Beauty Business Podcast. This is the podcast designed to help the independent beauty business owners in the health, wellness, and beauty industry to get out of the day-to-day struggles that they have in their business, to get past this, and then not only to reach their business goals, but to exceed them. And all of this through simple, actionable business advice, along with some experienced information and tips along the way. Now, I'm most passionate about the fundamentals of building an incredible, rewarding, profitable, but above all, stress-free beauty business. Because who wants a business that stresses you out and keeps you up all night worrying, right? Now, this is the last episode in this season, which is season three of the podcast. Now, I suppose you could see that as sad news, but let me tell you that it isn't for two reasons. Number one, if you haven't listened to all the episodes before this one, then do go check them out. There's plenty to check out. If you have a struggle in your business right now, then I've likely had an episode to cover that exact subject, and they're all right there, ready for you to binge listen, so go ahead and do so. And number two, I know I keep saying this, but I have another amazing guest on today's show, an extra special guest this week to finish off the season, and we're tackling a huge topic in our industry, that of staff and recruitment, and particularly how to hire the best talent for your business. Plus, by keeping the podcast into seasons, it means I can make sure that each and every episode is packed with value. So I'm never just filling space and releasing an episode that I'm not 100% proud of and essentially disrespecting your time. And also, we won't be gone for long, so don't worry about that. So if there is one topic that comes up at events, at conferences, at discussions all the time in every part of our industry, it's that of staff. Therapists, stylists, estheticians, nail techs, you name it where to find great staff, why the current crop of available talent seems to be diminishing, and basically how hard it is these days to hire quality people. Now, if I'm honest, and I am, this is not an area that I can say is a particular area of expertise of mine, and that's probably why I haven't had an episode based just on this topic until now. Now, if you've been listening to the other episodes in season three, then you'll know it's been a mini mission of mine to find exactly the right person to bring onto the show to discuss each key topic to make sure that I cover the most important ones when it comes to starting and growing your beauty business. And today is no exception. So today I'm bringing you a recruitment expert with 15 years experience, but not only that, she's also an award-winning beauty clinic owner, having purchased a failing salon with a highly demotivated team, turning it around and winning a Salon Excellence Award within just two years of purchasing it. She's none other than Stefania Rossi. You may have heard of her, and I think it's safe to say she knows a thing or two about hiring and managing the people who are right for your beauty business. Now, all the links, as usual, and examples and information that we mentioned in the conversation will be on the show notes page, which I will give you at the end of the show. So let's get into it, shall we? So welcome to the show, Stefania. Good morning. How are you, Adam? I am very, very well. It is uncannily a beautiful day here in the UK. So uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a shame to be inside recording. I do always think we, it'd be nice if we could record outside, but inevitably when I try to do that, a workman nearby starts up a power tool or something like that. So it never quite works out. But uh, yes, it's a lovely, lovely day. Great. And uh, well, you got the rest of the day still early. So hopefully by lunchtime, you'll be released. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Now, we've kind of known each other a little bit of time now. Can you remember where we actually first met? Uh, I do actually. I think it was at a trade show 
well, I think potentially it was professional beauty up in um, Manchester. And I think, yes, that's I think we, were, we were introduced by a mutual friend. Yeah, we were. We can we can mention Susan. Don't worry. She's a friend friend of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. And I think actually, funnily enough, on that particular day, we were introduced from a few different people. And every time we passed, we just said, "No, no, we've been introduced already." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're good friends. We met we met hours ago. It's fine. <laughs> That's the good old trade shows. <laughs> I know. And yet now we also see each other at trade shows, and it's usually as we're kind of running past each other, going, "Oh, hi! I'll catch up with you in a minute. I've just got to go over here because I'm doing this talk on this stage or something like that." and then we get distracted and forget to catch up with each other so it is fabulous to be able to actually sit down with you and and talk to you properly and uh and on this topic and let everyone else listen in thank you so much it's uh, my absolute pleasure to be part of the show and i'm super excited so thank you very very much for inviting me you're very welcome right so if anyone listening has come across stefania either in the real world at an event or on social media then you will know stefania's particular zone of genius lies primarily in the world of recruitment and recruitment specifically for these days for the beauty industry but not only that stefania runs her own award-winning clinic too if i'm right is that correct it is yes i have um, our own utopia beauty and advanced skincare which is um, a, an advanced skincare center in hornchurch essex wonderful in fact actually let's rewind for a minute rather than me trying to tell your story for you how about you give us a bit of history where you started what happened along the way and what it is that kind of you do and what drives you today? Okay, so, well, my background, as you know, Adam, is uh, a bit different from uh, um, the normal sort of uh, beauty background. My career actually started in the hospitality industry where I used to manage hotels and restaurants. Then I moved to recruitment for um, managing uh, in, in hotels and restaurants in London, which I absolutely loved. And then I progressed to the learning and skill sector, where I worked for um, large national training organizations, delivering apprenticeships. But I had a bit of a secret passion for the beauty industry since I was a little girl. So I then decided to... Um, um, I bought my first salon about five years ago, which is Utopia. And... Um, and I'm very excited because this year particularly is quite important for me. I combine my, my, my two passions, really, which is recruitment and, um, and beauty. And I've launched my own um, recruitment academy as well, which it's a little bit exciting, but I'll tell you all about it a little bit later. Wonderful. Excellent. We like that. Now, that's, um, that's really interesting. We've spoken to a couple of people this season that have kind of come into the world of beauty a, a little bit um, later, but realize that they've had this passion or interest in the beauty industry from from a long time ago so what was that interest where did that kind of start I think it was um you know I was a little girl and I remember sort of sharing this 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 interest with my sister but strangely enough it's something that I always followed so for many many years I came to all the trade shows with a really keen interest in the beauty in the hair the barber industries and and I kind of um kept that but that interest I, I I studied secretly although I would like train in training organizations you know delivering very boring you know in different sectors in in the 
very sort of uh, uh, boring uh, funding uh, sector, um, government funding even. Um, and then I got to the point, I actually thought, you know what, I've got this amazing, amazing passion. Why don't I actually go for it? And and that's what happened. I retrained myself. I surrounded myself with um, industry experts to, that supported me into this uh, into this venture. And um, and I can, you know, happily say it was potentially one of the best um, decisions in my life. I, I can't even begin to tell you. I how fulfilled I feel now in, in this in this uh, in this sector in this career. I love that. That's brilliant. So that's fantastic. That's a little bit of history of Stefania. Now, uh, I mentioned on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, as I've mentioned many times before, that kind of operationally, one of the areas of least knowledge that I have personally to benefit listeners of the show is on the subject of hiring and managing staff. And in a way, I kind of feel like I've been letting listeners down on this area by by sort of shying away from it for the past couple of seasons. Actually, Stefani, we had um, we had Claire Cockle, who I know you know on the podcast recently. Oh, yes. Um, Hi, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about the lessons that she's learned in, in building her own winning team. And in a couple of points there, we touched on the topic of hiring staff, but I've I really wanted to have an episode specifically focused on this, let's face it, huge issue for the industry right from really from the beginning of, of this season. And I've told a couple of people this. I wrote a bit of a wish list of guests for this season. And um, I'm not going to lie, you were absolutely on that list of names as the person I wanted to speak to about recruitment and about staff um, right from the beginning. But it did take a conversation with Susan the other day to remind me and to reintroduce her. So I'm so very, very pleased that she did. And that's that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? Oh, that's so kind of you. Thank you so much. And actually, this is my ever first podcast. Oh, really? So my first podcast is with you. So it's... Uh... Well, then I am privileged and honoured too. There we are. <laughs> so recruitment then, everything from where to look for staff, what to look for, interviewing, and I guess ultimately making the right choice. So that just seems like something we can cover in one podcast, right, Stefania? Well, you know, um, um, how long have we got? And don't forget, I'm Italian. <laughs> yes, you may have noticed Stefania is Italian. So so this could be a long one, people. Uh, but actually, b- before we get into the topic, um, I've got a question for you. Because this issue of, of staff has really kind of come to highlight for me over the past um, couple of years, changing the work that I've done. And in my work that I've done as, as a consultant and through being more active on Facebook groups in the industry, and even my own experiences within the UK Spar Association, there seems to be this huge outcry from all facets of the beauty world that there's this serious lack of talent out there when it comes to staff. Do you think that's actually true? Um, the recruitment crisis, Adam, in the hair, barbering and beauty industry has been a, such a hot topic over the last couple of years and certainly over, over the last year. And we know that over 80% of employers across the board are finding recruiting qualified and experienced staff really, really hard. But the question is, um, do I actually believe there is a shortage of great talent out there? No, I think that we really need to attract that talent a little bit better into our businesses. Okay. Okay, it's interesting that you put it like that. So attract them into our businesses. That's interesting. So I tell you what, let's get right into this. Let's get into the topic of attracting well, I guess it's like attracting the right clients into our business isn't it so be you a salon or a spa or a clinic um, if you're looking to attract the best talent out there 
I guess you need to put the effort in then to to attract the right new team members. So, so how do we do that? Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, we know that the, the people in our teams are, you know, the, the people that will make our business a success. So we've got this great, beautiful um, choice of actually we choose them. And sometimes we don't have the luxury with clients, do we, Adam? No, not always, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we do with, uh, with employees. So, you know, we all know that picking out, uh, you know, the perfect employee, the most qualified employee isn't as easy as obviously plucking, you know, um, plucking a, a, an apple from a tree. But I know that the, the right candidates are out there. They just perhaps need a little help finding their way into our salons. And, and I think us as employers as well, we need to perhaps recognize ways or top ways to, to make our business more attractive to, to the talent, to those employees. Okay. Okay. So how can we do that? So I think um, over the last few years, um, and I've been sort of recruiting for over 20 years now, as both as a business owner and as a recruiter, I, I, I developed um, what I call my five top ways of attracting top talent into my business. And really, love, love a good five top tips. And, and really to, to help us finding those right people each and, and every time. So I think my, my first um, tip that I usually use all the time in my business and also helping employers is how we actually are we actually showing off our business. So this is all about our brand. And for me, it's very important because um, when I speak to an employer, I go, what what does what does make an employee choose your salon over another? Can you sort of tell me about your brand. And some, some employers might say, I don't have a brand. I, they, don't, you, they don't actually think that they have a brand, but it's so important to actually think, of course we've got a brand. It's your own identity. It's the way you do things. It's your own personality. And, and, and your brand really represents the way that it's your vision, it's your staff, it's your clients, it's your products, it's your services. So for me, it's, it's very important when we attract, when we try to attract the right people into our business, we really, we need to be very clear about what, what our brand is, what we're trying to demonstrate to that individual. And... Um, and at the same time is, you know, the, the, the employee might have seen um, a, our business through various ways. It could be social media. It could be through clients. It could be word of mouth. But it's, it's also very, very clear that um, very important that we really need to make our business stand out from the crowd. Um, and that's how we can sort of start attracting that, that employee. So that's interesting. So this actually starts almost before the point where you realize that you need new staff this is just generally the the image that you're putting out there into the world the same brand i guess that you're using to attract the right clients absolutely indeed yes and it's that's you know it's really been very very clear about who you are um and what you, who you're attracting really because who, you, who you're attracting it's your ideal it's your ideal um employee out there okay that's interesting so so that's that's kind of before we start but if we get into the process then of you you kind of realize okay i i need to hire a new team member um what's kind of the next step after that do you then kind of is there a process to sit down and figure out exactly who you're looking for 
or does it then really start off with the advert? So what's what comes next? Yes, I think a, a really good advertisement helps. Absolutely. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you are attracting a prospective employee and it really starts with showing your brand. What is, is what, you know, you've got a fantastic opportunity and the advert really helps you provide a real clear summary about who your business is what type of person you're looking for, what skills and talents in that person you're looking for, what profile, and ultimately, how do you match everything together? You know, because ultimately it has to be a, a, a match. So, yeah, so I guess in the advert then, so you're highlighting the things that are important about your business to, like you say, show your business off, uh, as well as kind of putting it out there, the, the skills and the talents and the type of person that you're looking for. Absolutely, absolutely. It's very, very important. Got it. Okay, so that's tip number one, show off your business. What's tip number two? For me, tip number two is create an enviable environment. So this is all about the culture and the environment of your business. Again, um, you know, it, the culture and the environment is, I think, is one of the most important areas for a prospective employee. And, um, and, and really, this is because we really spend a significant part of our life in work. And and for me, it's it's we've got a duty of care to an employee to really show them what um, how do we behave, you know, what is our culture into a business, and what is our environment. It's really um, ensuring that we're demonstrating the magic of working together. And when they come for a, for an interview, is an opportunity to really understand what type of environment they're actually looking for themselves and see whether or not we've got an alignment of what we currently have within our business and what that employee is looking for. And it's not just the physical environment because, yes, we all love to have a very well-equipped, um, fantastic um, salon, all brand new, but it's, it goes a little bit deeper than that. It's really um, trying to understand um, what that employee is looking for in, in terms of that environment, that, that, that culture. And every single employer out there has a different culture and different environment. It's just really trying to see what matches that employee with what we've got on offer on, on in our um in our in businesses got it got it now culture is something interesting when it it sort of seems to me something that you associate with with slightly bigger uh, companies and and bigger organizations is it really possible to have a culture if you're really small say just even one or two or three members of staff oh absolutely i mean you know if we if we take for example my my salon my salon my culture in, in, in my salon is having individuals that are very responsible for the areas of work. They, um, you know, they, they um, we've got a, a, a an ethos in, in the business of individuals really taking responsibility. And for me, it's it can be any small business, it can be a large business. The, the culture in the business, it's, it's you, is how you sort of lead the business. It's your values, it's it's um, it's the respect, it's the enjoyment, it's the quality of work that you're providing within a business. Gotcha. Okay. So, oh, I should ask this from the other side. Is it is it possible to try and fake a good culture to get the right staff or are you just going to stand out as... as just faking it I, I don't think you can do that you know, <laughs> if you think that you know anyone that comes into your business will get a feel for that business straight away but when we're trying to attract a prospective employee what we're trying to do is you know trying to demonstrate trying to explain to them these are my values this is the way we work this is the magic of, of, of working together and then it's down also to understand what they're looking for what type of environment they, they are looking for so basically if we don't have that 
that that um, if they don't fit in, then we'll have a total mismatch. So it's quite important as any business to really understand what makes the individual tick in terms of that environment, the culture they're looking for. Right. So there's no point in trying to fake the environment you think people are looking for because ultimately it's just not going to work. It's out. not. No. No. Okay. Love it. So that's number two. What's number three? So for me, three is, again, very, very important. It's um, investing in development. And this is all about career and development opportunities. So again, when we attract a prospective employee, we really need to be very clear and confident about what our offer is on the table. And again, it can be a very small business, it can be a, you know a larger business, but we need to really be clear that, you know, for, for an employee or for a, any human being, really wanting to grow is a most fundamental part of of um, is a, is a fundamental need for everybody to really develop. So in investing in our staff training, for me, it's not just another expense. It's really um, tremendous value to, to, to our business. And I think it's also very important for the candidates to really know the investment that you're going to put into, into that employee. Um, so for me, again, as I said, you know, it can be a very small business, but you, ultimately you need to be very clear about what career paths are you going to offer them? You know, what career development, what other opportunities they, they, they have within the business and I get uh, to speak to, to many salon owners and I often get asked Adam are you not scared that you know if you do train your staff so much then they move elsewhere that's exactly what I was going to ask yeah that's, do you know what and, and if I had a pound for every time <laughs> I get asked that question um but for me Adam really the the, the the answer is very very simple I always say the sector is so competitive. And if we don't really train our staff, we, we, we won't be able to really offer the same high standards, the consistency, and really staff will not be motivated and they won't feel valued enough. Um, and the employees will see that investment. And as I said, you know, we all have very different um, team structures. And we don't all promote our staff to be the next manager, the next assistant manager. Promotion comes in, in, very, in many different ways. So it could be, you know, that you're having, you're offering development opportunities, you're, you're offering enhanced responsibilities, you're really offering enhanced training. So it's really about offering self-improvement and self-development for, for those employees. So for me, you know, having investing in development is, is, is going to be a very, very important tip in terms of attracting um, those prospective employees into our business. Love it. Yeah. And, and weirdly, this is, this has got to be like the third or fourth time that, that this idea has come up in this season alone and i keep i keep thinking of this richard branson quote about staff and it keeps coming into my head and i keep mangling it every single time so this time i've actually got it on my wall because i knew i kept forgetting it so i can actually get it right and on this topic richard branson's famously quoted as saying train people well enough so that they can leave treat them well enough so that they don't want to and i think that's the key to this whole thing i love that quote absolutely love it, it. We'll put it. We'll put it as a little <laughs> image in the show notes so that everyone can have it. <laughs> Fabulous. So that's number three: career development opportunities. So, what what's at number four when when we're looking to hire the perfect talent? For me, so number four is recognizing great work, and this is really about rewards and recognition. And again. This is a very, very important need for individuals. Um, we all obviously all work, look for rewards, recognition, but everyone has different wants and needs. So again, in, in, the, in, the, in this topic about attracting the best people and the right people into our businesses, we need to be 
very clear about um, what individuals are motivated by. Everyone is motivated, everyone ticks in different ways. So for me, being able to be very clear about what type of rewards and what type of recognitions we have in our businesses, to be able to put everything in front of them and then pick and understanding what will actually be, um, what individuals will be compensated by. Um, People will be, you know, very much rewarded and remunerated, obviously, from a, a financial security. But other individuals, as we know, might be more rewarded and motivated by having, you know, more time spent with us managers. Others are more motivated by having um, investment in the training and development. So it's uh, others even, you know, more around having the flexibility of working, uh, working hours because of the personal circumstances. So for me, you know, recognizing great work and, and uh, being able to reward and, and um, recognize individuals in different ways, it's, it's a very, very important way of, of attracting right people into your business. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting because Claire mentioned this a couple of weeks ago um, and brought this, this topic up of the fact that everyone is different and people um, need and want recognition in different ways. And, and how you recognize one member of staff may really motivate them, but actually might demotivate someone else. Um, so it's interesting that you put this in this in this kind of stage of the recruitment process. And my question here was, um, how do you know what's potentially going to motivate the person that you're looking to hire? Or do you just kind of have the the sort of range of recognitions that you have on offer and and the ability to talk about them and then tailor them to the person that you end up hiring. I think as a manager, what I'm trying to do, I really try to understand what um, makes my individual team members tick. And this is one of the first questions, even at an interview process, I will ask them what actually motivates you. What makes you get up in the morning? Why, you know, why are you in this industry? So little by little, um, you understand exactly what um, what motivates them really down to, to, you know, to the core. And then what you do is then you match what you think you've got available in your business to what it's, it's very much around. It's, it's like a, a really um, trying to, to they've got something to offer you and we've got something to offer them. And our offer will be. Yeah. So if you don't leave as a guessing game, just ask them. <laughs> it's, it's as easy as that. Find out what they want. Offer that to them. Brilliant. But it's not, you know, Adam, it's not easy as that. I've had, I've had individuals that actually sometimes it takes a little bit longer to understand what motivates them. It's not straight easy. You know, um, you, you get to a point that you say, do you know what? Let's go and have a chat. And that could be, you know, after a little bit longer. But yeah, because you've got to remember that if someone is coming to you looking for a job, they potentially are going to tell you what they think you want to hear not necessarily what is actually true for them. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it takes a little bit more digging, a little bit more finding out what really motivates people to be able to then then offer them that exact thing. So that's a really good point. Okay, so that's I think that was that was number 4, reward and recognition. So what is number 5? So my my final um number 5 tip is obviously perfecting the interview process. So this is where the real work comes in. <laughs> it's, it's a two-way conversation. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's are we right for that employee and are they right for us? So ultimately, we also have another opportunity to sell our business to the prospective employee. The interview process also is where we identify that we are a, an ideal match. 
And as I said, it really is where we start uh, the real work because we all get, you know, we could do, yes, we've attracted them through our amazing brand. We've uh, we've had an opportunity to look into the skills. We know what they're offering. They know exactly what we're offering. But now we really need to dig deep a little bit into actually are we, um, are we going to be a, a right fit for each other? And actually, this is where we, we sort of try to check out that, that candidate into a little bit more of a detail. So having that, um, that uh, interview process really nailed down, it's very, very, very important. Now, this is where I see, or I imagine most salon owners kind of get most tripped up because I think, well, you, tell, you tell me if I'm wrong, but my, my perception of this is going to be, you know, business owners in our industry, probably more than anywhere else, are short of time um and probably not that familiar with hiring people it's something they don't do that often maybe they've never done it before so they're going to be a bit nervous of interviewing people it i mean if you get a few applicants and you need to spend time interviewing people that takes a lot of time away from the business so i imagine there's sort of a tendency to to sort of almost go with the first person who seems like a good fit is that about right sometimes that's the mistake we do Potentially because we're really stuck for time because we don't really know um, how to interview someone. We don't know what sort of questions. Um, and then we say, okay, that's fine, you'll do. But that's the biggest mistake that sometimes we do. Just because we don't spend enough time, we don't look into, you know, um, spending and investing a little bit more of our time into that. And and I get I get asked loads and loads of questions from employees. What are the most successful series of questions that you ask when you interview what is your interview process um and you know i do have you know i usually make a, a a telephone call with every single person that um i'm interested to to interview potentially and i have a very short brief telephone conversation with that individual first and foremost and that could be like five to ten minutes so i think that's quite important to really gauge whether or not we we you know i want to invite them and that's again what i say to employers just just spend five minutes and you think actually yes i would like to spend some time i want to commit my time to have an interview with you i think that's really really crucial sorry adam here again i just wanted to interrupt for a minute to tell you about the sponsor for today's show so as a business owner you know how sometimes you need a quick injection of funds for your business maybe it's for some much needed training for your team maybe it's new equipment maybe it's to purchase some extra stock for the holidays well, that's where the Cabbage Card can help cover all your expenses in one place. You see, the Cabbage Card is linked to a line of credit, which is just like a loan, but easier to organize, of up to $250,000, giving you the flexibility to make purchases with cash, check, or wherever credit cards are accepted. Now, you can easily apply online and get a quick decision, no lengthy forms to fill in, and then access the amount that you need for everything from supplies and stock to bills and even travel expenses. And don't worry, you're in safe hands too because Cabbage has already funded more than $4 billion. They're trusted by over 130,000 small businesses and they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. So to get the security of a line of credit with the convenience of a card, visit cabbage.com forward slash beauty business. And because they're such good friends of the show, you'll get a $100 gift card simply for qualifying. So why not do it now? But remember, to get the $100 gift card, you need to go to Cabbage with a K. So that's K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com forward slash beauty business. Credit lines and pricing are subject to periodic review and change. This is not a revolving account. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans. 
all cabbage business loans are issued by the Celtic Bank, which is Utah Chartered Industrial Bank and a member of the FDIC. Okay, let's get back to my conversation with Stefania. Okay, so so we put the advert out there. We've so we've done the background work, the steps one, two, three, and four. We've kind of positioned our business. We've put the advert out there, and we're starting to get um, these requests in now from people. So you get on the phone, you have a quick chat with them, you sort of initial feel for them. Um, what what kind of questions do you ask on that call? Are you is it or is it really just a chat to just kind of see if you get on well uh, no i usually ask them uh, a little bit about themselves what they're currently doing and then i actually said ask them what what is the reason that made you apply for this job oh nice and what do you know about us as an employer so that kind of it makes me it gives me a little bit of more information aid have they actually applied to thousands of jobs and they don't <laughs> even know who's calling them right <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not they're really interested, are they actually really interested in the job? Are they hungry for this job? So um, for me, that that sort of five, ten minutes of the telephone conversation is very, very important. Because if they're interested, Adam, they would have done a little bit of research. They know exactly who I am and they will have the answer, what, you know, why they've actually applied for that particular role. Love it. OK, so from that call, you're going to you're going to automatically get a feel one way or the other for people. So let's say you discount a couple um but there's say two or three that you like the sound of you want to hear more from what's your next step after that so if they're successful then i'll invite them for an interview it will be a formal interview with myself usually it's about an hour and we um we discuss everything about themselves and then second if they are successful then the second interview will be with one of my um say for example it could usually be the head of therapists with uh, my reception manager and I won't be there. So it will be, you know, to to see uh, their, their view, because for me, it's quite important to actually interview someone with um, um, as, as part of the team. And I love to involve my team as well. So this is me as a salon manager, what I would do. Um, and then if they're successful after that, then we'll invite them for the third interview and also we'll include a practical test. And the third invite to our business is, again, um, including the team, involving the team. It's an opportunity for that prospective employee to have a one-to-one chat, understanding more about the culture of the business, the environment they're coming into, and ultimately to an opportunity for them to show off their skills. Right. Okay. So going back to that first proper interview then that they have with you, um, again, like we said, people may not be familiar with interviewing. So I happen to know you've got a few kind of top questions that you ask in that process. Can you share a couple of those with us? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've got a bit of a, um, I, I, I sort of uh, group my questions into six easy ways and they're very, very memorable. <laughs> so even when I recruit for employers, I usually say, remember these six ways of recruiting. So for me, it starts with um, an intro. So I usually start about talking about them. So questions like, um, you know, what makes you stand out from the others? What do you love about your job? Um, why do you want to work? work here. The second part will be around their skills. So again, for me, the answers to, or, or to, to these questions is to really understand whether or not the, the individual has the skills and knowledge that we actually needed in, in the business. Questions will be what skills are, you know, your, your strongest skills, what are your weakest skills, um, you know, tell me about your additional training that you're looking for as well. So again, it's to gauge 
support uh, the knowledge and, and the talent at this point. So that's really clever because people generally aren't great self-promoters, so they're probably going to play down their skills. So by kind of drawing out those things, asking them their strengths and their weaknesses and, and other interests, that's that's going to give you a more rounded idea of, of what they're actually oh, capable of. Absolutely. And, you know, and you'll be surprised, actually, of the questions, of the answers that some individuals will give you. I was interviewing an individual the other day and and uh, the person said to me, I don't like doing massages. I don't like doing nails. I don't like doing and I don't like working on Saturdays. Fair enough. absolutely so you know um that was very very clear so the um the number three um the the third step that i use is around what i call under fire this is all around uh, how the candidate really copes with with conflict and questions will be you know um if if have you ever had to deal with an upset client um, and how did you deal with that? And really is to see how they, they really engage with, with that with that conflict. Um, part four is all about the future, which is the future aspirations. And again, for me here, it's to understand if um, what um, motivates the individual. So, um, you know, um, Tell me about the best feedback you've received so far. Where do you see your career going? What plans do you have for the future? What is the biggest achievement you've had you know, so far? And again, it's, it's making individuals feel a little bit more comfortable and give them an opportunity to really show off and, 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 and think about what, um, what they're actually thinking about the, the future. The five step for me will be um, team dynamics. And the questions around this if to see if, if um, he or she is a team player or a loner or, you know, how, how best they actually enjoy working. So questions would be, um, what do you think the best thing could be uh, is working as part of a team? Or questions would be, you know, do you prefer teamwork? Do you prefer, or prefer working by yourself? Um, and how do you handle if you don't actually be, enjoy being part of a team? So these are sort of the, the questions I use. And finally, it's what I call the roundup, which is my sixth step. Um, this is really where, where I like to see if the candidate has done their own, their own homework and, uh, and how much they're actually into the job. So, you know, um, the questions would be, what do you know about this business? What part of this business most appeal to you? Um, have you got any questions for me? And again, you know, why are you actually interested in coming and working for us? And again, you know, these six ways, it, it's, it's a great way to, you know, to use for my own business and ultimately why I apply when I recruit for, um, for any other employer as well. I think, that's, I think that's a really great structure to use. And out of interest then, if you were hiring, so let's say hiring for your for your own business, or I guess hiring for for a client as well, to find the right team member, what sort of numbers are we talking about through this process? So, so let's say let's say you get to the process of where you're bringing uh, someone in for this first interview. How many people, you know, on average, do you say you've spoken to for that ten minutes to then be able to get one good person in for for this stage of the interview? It's a very good question, and I think it really varies. Um, you know, you can put an advert out there, or you know, whatever platform you're using for for attracting people into into that job. It could be that you're inundated of CVs, and I could potentially speak to absolutely everyone, and I will select it down usually to about you know 
five or six, but it, it really depends on you know um, on the on, on the caliber of those of those people. I've I've put together. I put in fact I had a job uh, very recently, and out of I think you know twenty applicants, ten went through. You know. I've interviewed them two, three times before, you know, after that. And then we, you know, ultimately, once you get to the second and third stage, you almost come into to an end of the process where you think, actually, or the individual comes back and says, actually, you know, I went in, it might not, it's not quite right what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, a, you know, a different type of environment. And, and sometimes it's actually, it, it does really help to, to, to put together um, a good selection of individuals. I think that's really kind of what I'm trying to get to there is, is, you know, what sort of time commitment is, is, should someone be looking at to make sure they hire the right person? Because I absolutely agree with you. There's, there is that temptation out there to just kind of have a list of skills. First person who comes in the door that matches those list of skills, you just sort of go right, hire them because, because they can do what I technically want to do. Um, Whereas the damage that that person can do in a team, if you hire the wrong person, can be so much more than than the time it could take to find the right person. So, so if you're looking for a person for a team, what sort of time commitment do you put aside to be fairly confident that you're going to hire the right person? I think, as my advice would be, to to commit as much as possible of your time into the right individual. As you as you just said, rightly so. If you get the wrong person, it, it can really make or break your business, and ultimately, it can have an impact on the, the team dynamics as well. At the end of the day, you know, hiring the right people and you know the, for our business. It's it's so important because those people are the people that actually make our business a success. So for me, it, you know, it's it's very 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 important to to identify and and really commit to two or three. I know that you know some individuals, some employees think really you actually interview three four times. Yes, because that's where you actually really you know you at a first interview you might gauge you know the personality of the of the person, but you don't really see and understand the personality or, you know, the ways of working, the motivation until you actually meet that person two or three times. But that's human beings, isn't it? It absolutely is. And and, and you're right, you know, just and think of it the other way. If you hire the wrong person and you end up with a, a staffing issue and a HR problem and all those kind of things, how much time is that going to take at the other side if you hire the wrong person? So so whilst it seems like it's taking time away from your business, which and, and very often salon owners are working in their business and and, and that's a real strain and a real challenge, but it is so worth taking that time to make sure you hire the right person. I know, absolutely. And I know, you know, um, it can be very daunting and, uh, you know, many people don't love this part of our jobs, uh, the interviewing process, the recruitment. And in fact, sometimes we are absolutely scared when someone leaves the business thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And, you know, because of the time constraints, you know, in our salons. And um, so, yes, it can be um, it can be a bit kind of scary and, and, and daunting. That's fantastic. So I'm going to put this one down as another masterclass in how to hire people. There we go. Um, now, you've shared. I mean, that's fantastic. Brilliant. So we, we talked about the how to actually attract the right people to your team and also what to do in the interview process with some kind of great ideas for a structure and questions in there as well. And you've already shared that information, but 
I believe, or actually you mentioned earlier on, um, you've actually this passion that you have for recruitment, for the beauty industry and, and putting those two together. You've actually turned this now into not only education and speaking at uh, events and, and on podcasts such as this, but you've actually built a solution to help really both sides of the recruitment problem, the businesses and the therapists. Is that right? Indeed. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited um, <clears throat> because we actually launching it this month, Adam. I know. It's and new. it's I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first live, you know, formal launch. And I'm talking about hidden talent. So it's um, it's a very exciting time. And um, as I said, it's a very exciting project that we've uh, we've been developing over the last 18 months to two years. Um, and, and really, this project is, has been developed in response to the shortage of staff in the industry. And really, um, uh, it's, it's to help uncovering and promoting the talent out there. So it's a um, hidden talent. Um, it's wearehiddentalent.com. It's a recruitment platform with a bit of a twist. It, it provides totally free online resources to uh, for to upskill hair and beauty professionals um, with the knowledge, is also equipping individuals with essential skills needed to secure employment and really making them super employable. We also providing a platform to get amazing advice on career progression, personal development opportunities. We also have um, uh, job opportunities, so we've got a jobs board on it to um, match that talent to perfectly suited employers out there. Um, it provides an insight into the industry with latest um, you know, blogs, um, tutorials from industry experts. We have links to external organizations. And really, um, you know, the, the idea behind Hidden Talent was to bring back that enthusiasm and, and commitment into the profession, really elevating um, the status of the hair and beauty barbary industries and highlighting inspiring careers out there, um, career journeys, you know, having role models really talking about and in, in encouraging the pride and, and the amazing opportunities and respect for these jobs really. Um, you know, we know that there are so many um, great therapists out there that leave college, but they don't really have the employability skills. They really need to be prepared with those essential skills to get into work. Absolutely not. No. Um, so we know that there are um, fantastic people out there who believe that this is a dead end career. I don't, don't see the options or the career opportunities, prospects. So again, we want to inspire those individuals. We have great people that don't really know where to start. So you might have, you know, a, a, a professional um, advanced skincare therapist that's actually been the jobs for 15 years and they've got the amazing talent, but they don't really know where to start. We've got staff that are really frustrated as they don't know how to further their knowledge, how to get that personal development. And again, they don't see the value because the employers are not investing into that, uh, into them, into their personal development. So hidden talent brings all these under one roof. It's about elevating the standards and ultimately is a, <clears throat> is being thought in terms of collaboration with um, employers, both in the hair, barbering and the beauty industry, is a collaboration with colleges because we worked with colleges, listening to what their frustrations were, with awarding bodies, um, you know, 
trade organizations and and really i mean what i want my biggest aim out of launching hidden talent is really to making the industry one of the most rewardable and inspiring industries ever and really promoting the talent out there love that love that i think i think that sounds like such an exciting new direction and new opportunity for you but also a such a much needed resource for the industry i think it's, it's such a fantastic idea so wish you all the best with that thank you so much adam now i think that probably brings us to a pretty good place to wrap up for today what do you reckon absolutely that's been absolutely fantastic i've had my first podcast with adam <laughs> it's been amazing being part of your show adam and lovely to see you and actually having a time to chat for it's been it's, yeah it's been minutes. really nice it has yeah it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today thank you so much for sharing your time your knowledge your passion and your personality with us today thank you adam pleasure very very unprofessional my phone's just started ringing um so i highly advise anyone listening who's even remotely interested in hiring a, a new team member specifically if you're one of these people who thinks i'm short of time i don't know where to start or if you're a member of staff wanting to kind of further your skills or anything like that please do go and check out stefania's new website i will put the links the how to get there all the information on the show notes page um but if you're looking for it it's what do you say we are hidden talent.com absolutely excellent all the details like i said will be on the show notes page i'll make sure of that now i'm guessing that you'd say that the new website is the best place to go and find out some more information but if people are more into the the social media side of things and that's where they hang out where's the best place to keep up with you on social media so we got um we're launching this month again we've got a facebook group we've got a facebook which is hidden talent recruitment Nice. So they can log on, they can be part of our, be, be one of our members, and it's actually a closed group as well. And then from there, they can always be referred to our website. Love it. Okay, I'll put links to that as well. Now, normally at this point in in an in, in a conversation when I've got guests on the show, I usually ask them what's next. But I reckon you've put your hands <laughs> full at full at this particular point in time. Uh, yes, I think just a little <laughs> bit, Adam. <laughs> so I'll leave you alone. I mean, that's that's what I was going to say earlier on. We're so lucky to have Stefani not only on the show, but at this point in time because she's literally running around all over the place launching this this hidden talent which so i am i'm even more grateful that you've spent the time with me this morning so i wish you all the very best with hidden talent i hope to catch up with you in person at some point soon mm -hmm. um so thank you stefani again for being on the show thank today. you adam pleasure so there you go i think you'll agree that's another tick for a fantastic guest and another important topic and a fitting way to end season three of the podcast. Now, I really do recommend that you go and check out Stefania's website. I'll put all the links that you need in the show notes pages, which for this episode, you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 38, or by clicking on the link in the episode summary that you'll find on your podcast application if you're listening on your phone or tablet. Now, thank you so much for listening along to today. I know how busy you all are and how precious everyone's time is these days. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. Now, as I said on last week's episode, lots and lots of other salon and spa owners are struggling with exactly the same challenges that you are. And I'm just so thankful to be able to play my small part in helping you all out. So if you've enjoyed or you've found value in today's episode, please can I ask a favor of you in the coming weeks? Can I ask you to share the podcast with your networks, with your salon business Facebook groups, your beauty business networking groups. Heck, even just tell your friend who also runs their own beauty business all about the podcast. I'm genuinely on a mission 
to help as many independent beauty business owners as I can. So if you tell at least one person about the show, that's twice as many people I get to help. Tell everyone if you want, I don't care. And let's get this business thing sorted out together. Now, remember, you can find all the links that we mentioned in the show today at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 38. So yeah, the podcast is going to take a bit of a break for a while if you're listening just as the show comes out. Now, the very best way to find out when we're back so you don't miss out on our return is to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast application. If you're an iTunes user, then it's as simple as hitting the subscribe button in the podcast app and in any other application, I'm sure it's just as straightforward. If in the meantime, you want to keep in touch, maybe you want to suggest a topic for the show for the next season, or you want to ask a question or just to make sure that you're still getting the best ideas, tips and advice on growing your beauty business, then remember you can come and join my thriving group of like-minded beauty business owners on Facebook. We're called the Beauty Business Hackers. Now I'll put a link in the show notes pages again, or just search for Beauty Business Hackers on Facebook now and click to come and join the group. So I'm going to say goodbye for now, but don't worry, I'll be back again soon.